What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia podcast. I wanted to say NBA edition, but this is not an NBA not edition. NBA. It's a little confusing because it's Doc here with the caveman. We usually do our uh, NBA episode. Jerry, Action Boss, and I usually do the waiver show. Actually, it was Caveman and Jerry last week, yeah. so we've been switching it around a little bit. So this week, you get Doc and the Caveman. We're going to be doing our waiver show today. Everybody's going to be putting in their requests tonight, so I want to make sure that we get something out to you guys. So well, the format's going to be similar to what we've done in past weeks. We're going to go position by position, list out a few players that each one of us likes, and then um, I'll talk a little bit about ownership percentage if it's relevant. Some, a lot of these guys are very lowly owned, so it's not really relevant because they most likely are available in your league. I'll end by talking about some kickers and defenses as well. I know most people don't care, but I care, and that's all that yeah. matters. Especially, especially <laughs> I mean, you guys, especially with teams on, with te- with the with the yeah. buys really kicking in now, it's kind of important to talk about that because if you if like. Before we get into the each position, like if you have a, if this is important because you don't sometimes you don't necessarily want to drop your defense, just mm-hmm. you know you kind of so you kind of just kind of looking for that defense to get you by. So yeah, no, that's a good point too. This is the point in the season where the waiver show becomes a little more important because buys are starting officially. We did have some bye weeks last week because of COVID, but bye weeks officially start now. So uh, I know for me personally, I have some leagues where I have a lot of injuries. I'm digging a little deeper in the barrel than I would have hoped at the beginning of the year. So some of these guys might be sleepers for your starting lineup this week. So we'll kick it off with the quarterbacks here. Caveman and I have a few players that are the same. So I'll start off with one that he doesn't have on his list, but that's Jared Goff against Washington. It's kind of hit or miss whether or not Goff is owned in a lot of the leagues that I'm in, but Jared Goff is a very underrated fantasy asset. He's always a borderline QB one every season that he's been a starter for the Rams. They're going up against Washington this week, who's been a very favorable matchup for fantasy QBs this year. Uh, And still with that backfield and flux, I think that I trust the passing game of the Rams more than the running attack right now. So if you're looking for a potential streamer and he's available, I think Jared Goff is one of the top options for me this week. Yeah, he's he he's he's a good one. He's one I considered, but I I typically don't like me personally. I don't know if I I don't think I. Oh, I don't like owning any Rams player. I don't know what it is. That's offensive. (laughs) <laughs> just for you. Um, another guy, another a QB that I really like this week uh, is Teddy Bridgewater of the um, of the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you look at you look at last week. I mean, he he looked he looked really good last week. He had he had a couple of he had a couple of really good throws. He seemed to have found that. Uh, connection with Robbie Anderson now. Robbie Anderson, I believe, had six for 99 or something. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, and he uncharacteristically, I don't know if I expect this to continue, but he added a few rushing points. He did. And uh, he had like he had like 30-something yards rushing or something like that. Uh, you look at it and their matchup. I mean, come on now. They play, they, play the, they play the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next week 
if you're if you have a QB on by this week and uh, I was looking at it in at least in Yahoo. I'm not too sure about ESPN, but in Yahoo it looks like Bridgewater is about 19% owned. So there's a decent chance that he's available in your league, and if he is, if you're looking for a bye week filler, if you're looking for there, if if Matt Ryan was your guy, which I'm very, which I'm not very happy with him, but if Matt Ryan is your guy and you're kind of looking to try something else to shake things up, uh, you see, pretty Teddy Bridgewater is gonna have, I feel, is gonna have a really good uh, week next week against uh, Falcons. Yep, and Teddy Bridgewater is definitely my number one this week as well. Another guy that I have in there, and you have him as well, is Justin Herbert going up against the Saints. You know, I have to say, I wasn't big on Herbert coming into this season, or just in general. I didn't think that he would uh, perform very well, but man, he has looked really good. I don't know how many people have actually watched Justin Herbert, but he's always had that big arm, but he's putting it all together right now, and he made some incredible throws, deep ball throws. So uh, the Saints' run defense is pretty solid, so I think that the the Chargers are going to have to rely a little more on the pass if they want to stay competitive in this game. So I think uh, Herbert, his own is obviously very low right now. So yeah, I think he's a, a nice sleeper to become a, Q, a back-end QB1 this week. And, I mean, he I just can't stress, he looked so good last week. And he definitely looks the part of a franchise QB, uh, even though they ended up losing. He, uh, he had a really nice game. So I think he's a nice streaming option this week. Yeah, I mean, and and just and just to piggyback off the last point I made about Bridgewater, and remember in our and in, in our league in our in the in my big league I play you this week, and I'm actually I'm probably starting Justin Herbert over Matt Ryan this week. Whoa, that's so, kind of bold. a little bold, but you there. I mean, I I've had enough of Matt. I've had enough about. I've owned him for three weeks now, and he's done nothing. So I think. Uh, I think I'm gonna roll Justin Herbert out there. Luckily, I have I have picked him up a few weeks back for like three fab because he's that didn't do anything yet. So yeah, Justin Herbert. I I love Justin Herbert this week. Now uh, now we have something on the line with Justin Herbert. Yep. So now actually Justin Herbert's gonna stink, and nobody should pick him. <laughs> So that's the moral of the story there. Uh, Let's move over to running backs. I'll first talk about a guy that we mentioned before we started recording that you didn't really want to bring up. So I'll bring him up. Uh, That's Dearness Johnson for the Browns. He had 13 carries and 95 yards last week or this past week here. So pretty solid game. I mean, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I think it's a name that we definitely still have to bring up and at least mention. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to people be people out there that overpay for him and, you know, spend $20. I don't think that the Ernest Johnson's worth $20, but I'm in some leagues where my running backs, uh, I mean, it's a little rough. I know in yeah. a few leagues, Rydog is in the same situation where you might have Eckler and Nick Chubb. And maybe your bench is a little Ooh. depleted, so imagine you know. Yeah, man, imagine if you went three straight running backs and had like Eckler, Chubb, and uh, Saquon or McCaffrey. I mean, there's a league where I have those two and James Connor. So I mean, James Connor had his unexpected buy last week, so I was kind of scraping for bottom of the barrel players. So it's definitely possible that you're in a pretty terrible situation. So I think the Ernest Johnson is a solid speculative play. I know you agree that Kareem Hunt most likely is going to be a bell cow back, 
But this is an offense that relies more on the running game now. So Dearness Johnson is sprinkled in there. Maybe you see him get on the field for 25% to 30% of the snaps. Um, so he's definitely worth an add. I'm not spending 20% of my budget on him. You know, maybe if I'm desperate, you'd see me somewhere between 10 to 15%. I still think it's high, but it really depends on your situation. So as much, I don't expect him to have 13 carries for 95 yards, but <laughs> if you're in a rough situation, you could do a lot worse right now. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, I mean, like I wasn't, I'm not that high on him, but you know, you know, but in that offense, he's going to get, probably close close to double digit touches so you know that's that's pretty good for a, a, a waiver wire guy to get there so I mean another guy uh, that I think is probably gonna be one of the most popular pickups this week that's uh Justin Jackson of the LA LA uh, the, the, not not LA whatever the Chargers I forgot what <laughs> second they, they play in la now <laughs> oh they do man not... nobody cares though Don't worry. On. On. Uh, i mean you look at it i mean they, they have josh kelly there too who they're probably both going to be heavily involved in that uh in the game plan but you look at the last game justin jackson i mean looked a lot better than than kelly in the last game i mean kelly also lost kelly lost the fumble in the last game uh, you know, Justin Jackson's averaging a real solid, just he's averaging over five yards a carry. Now, it's going to be a situation where it's going to be kind of more of a team effort to replace uh, Eckler's production. But in an offense that, unlike the Cleveland situation, like these guys are going to be used pretty evenly between Jackson and uh, Kelly. So Jackson's a good, I think he's a very solid at least flex play this week as a, he has more of a, a floor to me. So he's that, that's what makes him attractive here. Yeah. And I mean, Josh Kelly was very clearly ahead of Justin Jackson, even though he was dealing with some injuries. And I really think this was Josh Kelly's job to lose, but if you want to be honest, he's losing it. I mean, he hasn't played very well the past few weeks. So, I mean, it's a backfield overall. Once again, if you're in one of those desperate situations, I'd play either one of those guys, but I kind of want to see how it shakes out for right now. I think Austin is going to miss a lot more time than people are anticipating. So um, I think this backfield will shake itself out in one way or another. If I had to guess how it was going to shake out, I think Justin Jackson is a little more explosive. So I think he'll end up taking more of an Austin Eckler workload, and Josh Kelly will be that more goal line plotter kind of back. So uh, that would be my prediction. And Josh Kelly is still available in 45% of Yahoo leagues as well. So if he's available in your league, I would try to get him as well. Um, I'll talk about a running back. He's actually my number one ad this week. And I know it's a backfield that nobody trusts, but Damian Harris of the Patriots. And I do recognize that Sony Michelle was out. But I mean, there was a lot of hype around Damian Harris in the offseason before he was injured. And, I mean, he was very clearly their number one back to me last night. And, I mean, you had Rex Burkhead sprinkled in there, here and there. But to me, it was all about Damian Harris. I thought he looked very solid. Just, uh, he reminded me of a lot of those backs when you think of, like, Lawrence Maroney and Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Just not, like, 
Yeah, not like explosive backs, but just really solid, reliable running backs that Bill Belichick has been drawn to over the course of his career. So I think Damian Harris is going to be at least a flex play the rest of the season. Of course, he's going to have his bust weeks, but uh, I, he was very clear. He had 17 carries for 100 yards. I don't know if anyone else is really talking about the fact he had 100 yards, but a lot of it came on one big run, but he was very consistent through the night. He was very consistently picking up four yards every play. He didn't take very many losses, so uh, I thought it was a very impressive game for Damian Harris, and I would even with Sony Michelle back, you see, when he does come back, we've seen Sony Michelle kind of in and out and really struggle, so I think this is Damian Harris's backfield to lose now, so it's just a matter of him keeping that production up. Yeah, they they did. They, I know. I did read. They did. I think. I believe they did play Sony Michelle on IR. So, so he's gonna he's gonna miss some time there. I mean, the only other they need to mention is that James White got James White came back uh, yesterday. He had he got a few carries, but James White James White's gonna be. If I'm if I'm taking anyone in that, if I had to pick one person out of that Patriots backfield. It'd probably be James White. I think he'd be the safest guy, but he's probably not available. So, in terms of kind of like the the between the twenties running, uh, I like uh, Harris as well. Another another guy, and you know, and a guy that's actually I could see take over that's the starting job in this situation sooner rather than later is uh, Chase Edmond. I mean. Drake, I don't know what's up with him this year, but he just he looks he looks he looks awful. I don't know what it is. He just he doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look like he's he just doesn't look as explosive as he did last year. And the the Cardinals like to keep Edmonds involved, even with Drake handling that workload. Uh he's Edmonds already seeing almost double digit touches every game. So, if we see another week or two of Drake looking like this, I you can see Chase Edmonds kind of take over that starting role. So I kind of, you know, typically when I think of waiver guys, I'm 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 also I'm more looking towards what they could provide in terms of future value. Like you get a guy, so you get a guy. Let's say you spend ten fifteen dollars on Chase Edmonds and he takes over that starting job. Then right before the deadline, you can flip him. So that's kind of, that's kind of my that's kind of my uh, thinking on it. But I just think Drake has looked. He's opening the door for Chase Edmonds to take that job. So it's a matter of might be a matter of when and not if in that situation. Yep. Yeah, and I mean he's definitely been really underwhelming, Kenyon Drake. That is, so we'll see how that backfield shakes up. I know a lot of people had high expectations for him. Do you have any other running backs? I don't have any more on my list. I, I mean, I, I have one more here. That's uh, just quickly, uh, Brian Hill. I mean, Gurley did punch it in twice last night, but he didn't look that good punching that those two in. To be honest with you, he he looks he. He's still going to be a good, solid uh, back for fantasy because he's going to get a, a fair amount of touchdowns. But I think as the season as the season goes on, I think you might see more uh, Brian Hill take over. And if you're if you're picking up a guy with hopes that you're, the guy ahead of him gets injured, I mean, 
if, if something if something ever happens to uh, Ty Gurley, you know Brian Hill, who's probably who'd probably end up and be a high end RB two at that uh, point in that offense. So it's more of a it's more of a thinking that just Gurley. Those I don't know if those knees are gonna hold up, and he's looked slow already. So <laughs> they won't. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like I yeah I like I like Brian Hill kind of more as a or of a a stash guy for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think he's an interesting name in general because a lot of people were kind of questioning who was going to be the backup in Atlanta to Todd Gurley, and I think it's pretty clearly Brian Hill. So if anything does happen to Gurley and you do have a space on your bench, I would say Brian Hill is definitely a nice add. And in that same regard, there's a few other names. A guy that I've picked up quite a bit is LaMichael P. Ryan right now of the Jets. Just because they're so far out of it, I think at some point you got to give the rookie a chance. So I'm not just saying... I don't care about Bell. I mean, they're they're in a situation right now where they are going to have to start looking at some of these young guys to plan for the future. So I'm not saying start P. Ryan or anything, but if you can pick, I picked him up for free in a lot of leagues. So I stash him and Anthony McFarlane, same thing. He kind of falls into the Brian Hill category for me if anything happens to James Conner. But those are just two random names that came to my mind. But let's go to the wide receivers now. I'll start off with um, I'll start with Tim Patrick, I guess, of the Broncos who played on Thursday night. He's scored touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. He led the team in seven targets with with seven targets this week. Had six receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Even though it was the Jets, it was a really solid performance. He seemed to have really nice rapport with Brett Ripien, and we see this quite a bit where a backup comes in. And he tends to favor guys that he's probably been practicing with. I mean, Tim Patrick is a second string player as well. So it looks like Ripian and Tim Patrick or Jeff Driscoll, if he's the one that ends up starting. Either one of those guys seem to have really nice rapport with Tim Patrick. I think this is an example of a guy that you look at and you're like, I don't want to play him. But realistically, he can give you a pretty solid flex value, especially with Noah Fant going down. His future's in question right now. Cortland Sutton obviously out. K.J. Hemmler's been injured and dealt with injuries. So Tim Patrick is kind of the guy right now. So I don't have any issues I mean, with going out. Judy. It was Judy, too. Yeah, but even he's been out. Tar- or, uh, Patrick has had more targets than Judy. So that's yeah. been kind of interesting. Not that Tim Patrick's more talented than Jerry Judy, but there no, seems to be a connection. Saying. You're there. saying Tim Patrick is more talented than Jerry Tim Judy. Tim Patrick is better than Jerry Judy. Let me just be the first one to say it. But <laughs> no, okay. I don't really mean that. But go ahead. Who do you have? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's a that's a good one. Uh, and then Locke, Locke coming back soon, too, you think would only help him uh, another name and i'm surprised he's not more owned i mean he this guy's only owned in 33 percent uh yahoo leagues right now which is kind of that's t higgins i mean i know he's basically third on the depth chart behind aj green and uh tyler boyd but joe burrow seems to love him some t higgins uh especially in the in the especially in the red zone he he might. I think he. If I if if I saw it, he might lead. I think he leads the team in red zone targets this season or something, or close or right there. But I mean, he's 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 been on fire the past. He's been on fire the past couple weeks. So I mean, here there's a guy. I mean, at some point, I don't really. 
don't think AJ North, AJ Green health-wise are going to hold up. Uh, and you think as Burrow gets more comfortable and more and more in tune with his wide receivers, I think you can see a situation in with T Higgins that's going he's going to greatly uh benefit from that. So, what do you think about T Higgins this week? Yeah, I mean, I love T Higgins and I love this talent coming into the draft and he landed in an interesting situation, but I mean, at this point, he's been playing just as much as A.J. Green, and Joe Burrow seems to favor him. So I I actually bid on T. Higgins quite a few times last week. So I was surprised that that ownership percentage wasn't higher as well when I looked at it. But he is top 10 in the entire league in red zone targets, so he's been very involved there. And, uh, you know, I look a lot at rapport with a quarterback and a wide receiver, and Joe Burrow really favors T. Higgins. So A.J. Green only has 100 and barely over 100 yards this entire season, so it seems like he's really getting phased out. I wouldn't expect them to sign him to a long-term deal. I said that in the offseason, too, but I definitely don't expect it now. So I uh, T. Higgins is definitely, if he's available in your league, is probably the top wide receiver, I would say. Um, I'm going to mention two names here just because I believe they're both guys that you don't have. The first one is a guy that a lot of people are mentioning for this week's waiver wire, and I'm not on board with him, is Traquan Smith of the New Orleans Saints. So he had two touchdowns this week. A lot of people continually expect him to emerge as their second wide receiving option. And I get it. I mean, he had a solid week this week, but that's with no Michael Thomas or Jared Cook. And as soon as those two guys are healthy and it looks like they could both play this week, Traquan Smith is going to be back to being nothing again. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders still had more targets. Number five option in the passing game or something like that? Yeah, probably. I mean, when you take into account Emmanuel Sanders still has more targets than Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Kamara, and then I would say Traquan Smith. So... Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to overbet on him. I've already seen a few articles where people are excited about Traquan Smith, but I'd pump the brakes on him. Uh, Second guy is a guy that I actually played a few times this week. He's gotten a lot of targets, but he hasn't done a lot with them yet. So this is more in deep, deep formats, but it's Isaiah Ford of the Dolphins. And I know that seems like a ridiculous name, but he was second in the team. He had 10 targets this week, so that's pretty significant. And he has... um, I, I think it's up to eight more targets now than Preston Williams on the season. So he's been consistently ahead of Preston Williams so far this year. He actually has more targets right now than Mike uh, Gesicki as well. So he's actually been the second. Devontae Parker, but. I mean, Devontae Parker. He only had two... We talk about Devontae Parker's big game. He had 12 targets. Isaiah Ford had 10. So Isaiah Ford was right there. He didn't do nearly as much with his targets. He only had four receptions. 48 yards, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has been looking his way. So, I mean, if you're desperate, I played him, I think, in two leagues last week. I mean, he got me almost nine points, so you could do a lot worse when you're picking up a guy off the waiver wire the last minute. But if you're uh, based on injuries, buys, looking for a really deep play, I think Isaiah Ford is at least getting volume to where you should consider him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's he's kind of like one of those deep league guys as. He could he could end up emerging as the number two behind Devontae Parker for sure. Yeah. Uh, another guy is uh, is Lavisca. I don't know if that that's how Mike that just that's what I'm going with. Uh, Lavisca Chanel uh, of Jacksonville. I mean, he's coming he's coming off a five for eight. 
last uh, last week, and I think uh, that offense looked horrible <laughs> until DJ Chark got back uh, last week. I think I think DJ Chark back just opens up the entire uh, offense. I think you saw uh, better Minshew than you had the past couple weeks. Uh, so I think Shinolta got, and he gets. And he gets the occasional carry. He gets an occasional carry too. So you kind of, you kind of, if he's if he's a lock for a carry or two each game, you 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 there's a chance that that can bust out for a thirty or forty yard or a uh, gain. So that's kind of some bonus points out of your wide receiver there. But I mean, a situation where Jacksonville, you know, with how with how underwhelmingly. Uh, not good they are. Uh, they're they're gonna be in situations where they're gonna be passing a ton, and when you got when you got Minshew who will be chucking it all over, uh, Chanel who is not very I don't have his own percentage offhand, but he's not very he is not very highly owned at all. So I think you can do a lot a lot uh a lot worse for yourself. I think you gotta. Then he's a good guy to take a stab on. Yeah, and it looks like he's the number two option in Jacksonville yeah, pretty clearly just... when he's been healthy. Damn. So I, I like him as well. He um I mean you gotta consider how terrible the Jags defense has been this far thus far as well. So I mean that only helps his case. He's twenty four percent owned, so he's he's available in a majority of leagues. Um I'll mention a few other names. I, I wanted to mention some guys just in deeper leagues because, I mean, I'm in some shallow 10-team leagues as well. And, of course, these guys are available, but I'm definitely not running out and grabbing them um, in those leagues. But in deeper leagues, I definitely want to mention um, Zach Pascal, who led the Colts in targets this week. Their receiving core has been kind of banged up right now with Paris See, Campbell well, I out. I don't, I don't know if he's... He's probably not healthy. I mean, but knowing that T.Y. Hilton, but he, man, he just he looks. He just doesn't look like the T.Y. Hilton we've seen. Yeah, no, he looks bad. And I mean, with Pittman out, Campbell out, T.Y. Hilton playing, but barely. Um, I mean, Pascal's only rostered in four percent of leagues. I think in a PPR league, you could just see solid lines from him every week. He had three receptions for fifty-eight yards on eight targets this week. So not sexy numbers, but I just think he's gonna be consistent week in and week out, giving you solid value. So if you you have a bye week and you need to throw him in your flex, I don't think it's a terrible decision. The same goes for right now, uh Greg Ward is in the same situation. He led the Eagles in targets over Zach Ertz, over all their other options, which they don't really have right now. So I mean by default, and I said this in our start sit episode, I'm not a big fan of Greg Ward, but realistically he's probably gonna have right around five receptions every single game just because they have no other options at this point. Only owned in 18% of leagues. I thought it would be a little higher because he was a name a lot of people were talking about with all the injuries the Eagles have. Obviously, as soon as the Eagles receiving core and Dallas Goddard are healthy, I mean, Greg Ward's irrelevant. I mean, he's the first drop on your bench. But at this point, he's going to put up a little bit of volume and solid numbers because they don't really have any other options. True. True that. Any other names that you have for wide receivers? Uh, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, nope. That's my, that's all my names. 
Okay, cool. I'll move over to tight ends. And I actually only have one name. I know you have a few and you can mention them. Um, the one, obviously, that I'm going to bring up is Robert Tanyan, who had a huge Monday night game last night. Six receptions on six targets, 98 yards and three touchdowns. He's actually scored in three straight weeks now. And, I mean, at this point, even when Devontae Adams comes back, I don't think it's crazy to say that Robert Tanyan is the second option in this passing game. Um, I really don't. And we mentioned that this offseason. Like some MBS? Yeah, I mean, he's been very underwhelming. He had his one big game there. But, I mean, when you look at it, we were talking all offseason, who's the second option in this pass? Is it going to be Scantling, Lazar, Jay Sternberger? And here we are with Robert Tanyan. So I know I'm in a league where I don't really have – I've been trying to figure out my tight end position the entire year. Um, I took a few – flyers on guys later in the draft that haven't panned out so Robert Tanyan I think is a viable starting option he is one of the team the Packers I should say are one of the teams on a bye this week so you don't get instant gratification when you pick him up but, but I do think that, that he could have long-term value keeper true yep yeah, I'm not. He's one that it's hard to know how much people are going to bid on him because he's a tight end. I know a lot of people still don't value the tight end position, so I'm trying to figure it out in that league because I really want to make sure that I get him, and I haven't really spent a lot of money yet. So I'm not saying I'm going to bid 20% of my budget or anything crazy like that, but I think that he definitely has some long-term value, even when Devonte Adams comes back. And obviously, Devonte Adams is going to demand at least 10 targets when he comes back. But I don't think all of those are going to come from Robert Tanyan, especially in the red zone. I mean, he seems to be one of their primary red zone threats. So I think he'll have a lot of long-term value. Yeah, and I've actually been seeing some places around the web that have been calling Robert Tanyan Baby Kittle. So... That's a little. And I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'd go there yet, but it's. I've heard. I've heard it. I've heard it around the web. Uh, another like he was on my list. Here. Another name, uh, is Eric Ebron. Of the of the of the uh, of Pittsburgh. I mean, me look at he. He's their. He's pretty much their primary red zone guy. He saw. He saw seven targets the last game, and he's. I think he's clearly a tight end there now. I didn't. I. I. I didn't. I, I didn't even know Vance McDonald still existed. But, <laughs> How uh, rude! Oh uh, yeah, that is rude. That actually sounds mean when I. Did not intend for it to be that mean, but you matter to me, Vance McDonald. Yeah, you mat. You matter. You matter to Jordan. I mean. He and, it, and that was a team targets last game. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a doesn't scream great. But the people also got to my heat. Him being on the Steelers, he's passed his bye now. So you don't have to. I mean, if you if you have a tight end that you're not you don't feel is living up to expectations, I think you could take a chance on a guy like Ebron, who's who's gonna see probably pretty consistent targets every week. Uh, Big Ben likes it. Likes his tight ends. Thinking back to the, you know, the Heath Miller days. Uh, that's a name I didn't I didn't think I would say. Heath Miller. Yeah, what's going on here? Why are we talking <laughs> about Heath Miller? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think Ebron very safe play is because he's going to see a consistent amount of targets. Yep. Um, other name. Other name. I. 
Oh, did you have any, did you have anything to say? Nope. Go ahead. Uh, the other the other name that I have on here is Greg Olson. Uh, he's actually quietly he's seen thirteen targets over the past two weeks, and he's caught he's caught ten of them. So not really sexy numbers, but if you when you're thinking a waiver. They don't have the appeal to just pop like some wide receivers do. Like we talk about uh, Kirk Patrick or Higgins as wide receivers. Like they could pop, which which but with tight ends, it's kind of you're basically only looking. I think you're basically only looking at these guys if your guy is severely underperformed or if you're hurt at the position, but. I mean, he caught, I mean, not sexy numbers, 5 for 35. But in an offense that if, if a team is uh, focusing in on uh, Metcalf and Lockett, I think you could see some. there's going to be some opportunity for Olsen to probably put up between 8 and 10 points every week. So you could do worse at that position right there. Yeah, and I think at this point in the season, you kind of mentioned uh, you're looking for more consistency from the tight end position. For me personally, I know when I draft, I'm going for those boom guys like Mark Andrews of last year or Darren Waller. But if those guys don't pan out for you, I think you're just looking for consistency. You don't want a zero at the tight end spot. If you get five, 50 yards, I think that's a week for your tight end in general because you're just not putting up a giant dud. So... I think that's the goal here. Uh, any, let's see. That's all that Chad for tight ends, right? Yeah. All right, so we'll move over. I have some kickers and defenses that I'll bring up here. Usually I don't spend too much time on them, but just to bring up a few names. One that I want to bring up that I brought up the past few weeks, I'm not streaming him, but I do think, there. I know there's a lot of people that just pick up their kicker and forget about it for the rest of the season. And I think one of the guys you can start to begin to do that with is Rodrigo Blankenship of the Colts. He's been really good putting up double-digit points the past few weeks. And I know that was my boy coming in because he kicked at Georgia, and he was really great there. And he was one of the most accurate kickers of recent memory in college football. So he's uh, he's been really solid. And he's still av- – I think he's only owned in 17% of leagues last I checked. So he is uh, definitely available in quite a few leagues. So if you play that strategy, nothing wrong with that. Um, other kickers that I'll mention here, if you're looking to stream, I like to stream my kickers. I very rarely um, – and Rodrigo is 45% owned in Yahoo Leagues now, so he's actually getting up there. It's gone up pretty quickly. Um other kickers that I think you can stream this week. And a lot of times I say I'm streaming the kicker of the team where I'm streaming the QB because the reality is I expect there to be points in that game. So an example of that is Sam Sloman against Washington this week. And I mentioned Jared Goff as a potential streamer if he's available in your league. So I think the Rams could put up some points this week. I have Kai Fairburn, who is the Texans kicker. They're going up against Jacksonville this week. I think with Bill O'Brien gone, this offense has a lot to prove that it wasn't <laughs> just him that was the problem. I think everybody he points to blame. He was the entire problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what everybody says. And now that they're playing Jacksonville, this is a situation where they have to come out and play well. So I think uh, this offense could put up a lot of points. So he's 
other two are also from our streaming quarterbacks, Michael Badgley of the Chargers going up against the Saints and Joey Sly of the Panthers going up against Atlanta. So um, those are some of my kickers. Defense-wise, it's going to be really tough to find a streaming defense this week. I'll say that. A lot of the top defenses have nice matchups. There's very few that I would consider streaming. The two best that I see right now are Arizona going up against the Jets. Arizona's 50% owned, so there's literally a 50-50% chance that they're (laughs) available in your league. But uh, that's a defense I'm going to be streaming quite a bit this week. In the Jets in general, you can stream almost any defense against them. (laughs) Their offense is a disaster. The only other one that I saw, and I think this one's really risky because their defense has struggled this year, but that's Dallas going up against the Giants. You know, Daniel Jones turns over the ball a lot, so I think that any defense going up against the Giants is worthy of at least considering. At the same time, this is a game where Daniel Jones needs to come out big because the Dallas secondary has been really banged up and hasn't played very well. So it's definitely a risky one. But if you don't have another option, I do expect them to have a few turnovers, get a few sacks. That offensive line isn't very good for the Giants. Daniel Jones has been taking sacks, turning over the ball. So I think that you could do a lot worse in Dallas. They might give up 30 points, but you could get four sacks and an interception. (laughs) So they're not going to get you zero. If anything, it'll be an okay game from him. So um, that's another one I would consider. Um, Go ahead, K-Man. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was just going to. I was just going to mention, just taking a quick uh, peek. I mean, one that, like I said, you might, if you're, if you're, uh, so if your defense is on a bye, I mean, like I say, if you, I mean, I mean, they looked not that bad, not good, but uh, Houston, maybe. I mean, they're going up against Jacksonville. So Jacksonville's, I mean, Chark is back, but I mean, I think Houston, while like as a unit, I don't think they're that good, but they have a lot of talented players on that defense. So maybe, I mean, if Dallas, who's sadly Dallas is, is probably the number one streaming option this week, uh, <laughs> out of guys you, which that's saying that shows you, like, if you have to stream a defense, like, this is a week where I wish. Like I see, like I see, some people in a lot of leagues have like three or four defenses rostered for. I was like, was like, what? <laughs> this week, I might odds are if you have three or four defenses, one of them's good, gonna be good this week. So, <laughs> so that this week, I wish I had that many defenses rostered. But, yep. Uh, I mean, Houston, if you're looking at kind of a, another, I mean, but even then, like I'm not. I I I almost considering you know I I personally don't like what don't like doing this but you know honestly this is a week where you might just not want to play a defense <laughs> like like even Dallas like against the Giants like they might get but they could also that defense has been so bad this year there's a possibility they get you like two points so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it depends on your defensive scoring. I'm not a fan of that unless there's a very obvious way to get negative points in your league, which I know there's some out there where they are. But, yeah, I mean, that's a viable strategy this week if you really don't believe in 
any of these defenses as crazy as it is. I mean, you'd feel pretty stupid. I mean, it could go either way. You'd feel stupid if you didn't play one and then you lost by a point. And then you'd also feel stupid if you lost because your defense had negative three points. There's really no winning in that situation. I've had... I I've had I've had I've had that I've had that happen. Like I I like fielding a full lineup every week, so I'll automatically throw my defense out there. But I've had I've had several situations where I've had a defense going Monday night, and they got me negative points, and I lost because I played my defense. Just because I like to be, I I have you know, I have integrity, and I like to start a full lineup, but. Yeah, it's crazy, but I mean, sometimes it can work. I mean, I've seen very few times, and like I said, it depends on your scoring. I mean, in a lot of leagues I play in, it's very hard. Even if you allow 40 points, I mean, as long as you have a few sacks, usually you'll be okay. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely there's some leagues where if you allow 49 points, you can get like negative 10 points. And in that case, uh, yeah, you're probably getting negative points out of <laughs> defense so uh definitely a good point there i don't have any other notes on anyone else um any last thoughts that you want to bring up uh nope uh yeah just the just the waivers are important waivers are important this week there's been several injuries going down so definitely make sure you're on top of the waivers this week bye weeks are the lions and packers so make sure you get your lions and packers out this week who's even Galladay. Maybe Marvin Jones. Hawkinson. Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I still don't like Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has been so good this season, though. He's uh, seventy season. Yeah, not too many huge names. I mean, even some people have been flexing Adrian Peterson, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, that's been the reality of this season so far. So make sure you get those guys out of your lineup. Hope everybody had a successful week four. Good luck week five. Make sure you follow the Fantasy Mafia on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll get all our up-to-date content for the NFL and NBA right now. Also, make sure that uh, a lot of you are already in the hotspot group, but make sure you continue to friends so that we can have more conversation with more fans. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We do an audio version as well, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, whatever floats your boat. So make sure you subscribe there. If you have any questions or comments, make sure you comment, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep.